0: Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week, we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and in our Questions About Heaven podcast, many times we talk not only about the real estate of heaven or the excitement of the joining together of believers in heaven we also talk about the god of heaven our walk with jesus in heaven and many wonderful things and i'm glad that you come along with us today because i'm going to take a break from our study in revelation and talk about the unity of the bible in prophesying the one who's going to come to make our entrance into heaven possible. Now, we know in the Bible, in John chapter 14, Jesus clearly says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We also know in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We see it's by Jesus and Jesus only. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So if we're talking about Jesus being the Savior so we can get into heaven, then how do we know the Bible's reliable? Because we see that Jesus is indeed a great teacher. We see that he is a miracle worker. We see that he is benevolent and he's very, very loving. What a great example but is he more? In other words, what does the Bible say to show us that this is the God-Man, that we're dealing with the supernatural, that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christos in the Greek, this is the Messiah, the one that's been promised to be delivered for all of these years? Well, the one quick way we can find out is by looking in the prophecies. We have sixty-six books in the Bible, one thousand one hundred eighty-nine chapters, and in there. We have two sections. We have the First Testament, which people will call the Old Testament, the First Promise, the First Covenant, and then we also see the moving on into the Second Testament, which people will call the New Testament. Right in the middle of there, which is sort of the linchpin or the the cornerstone or the capstone, keystone of all of this, are four biographical books about Jesus Christ himself which show him to meet the qualifications. Now, you will run into people, as I have, that says, this is just a fable, this is just a story, Uh, he is just a good example, and leave it at that. Where do you get that the Bible's supernatural, or this is the chosen one? And that happened to me at a coffee shop over in East Tennessee. A committed atheist, he really, after a conversation, had admitted he was an agnostic, he wasn't a true atheist. But when he started asking, what makes that Bible so special? And I said, this book has reached into the supernatural by predicting things, and they have come true in the difference of hundreds and hundreds of years. And so he said, well, show me. And I did. And after a while, he says, Whoa, well, okay, uh, I don't deny we've got something supernatural here. I choose not to believe it, but I see that we have something supernatural here. Now, I'm not going to go into that story along uh, with this gentleman, but just to make a point right now, because I can tell you later on the result of that, but right now, what was it that was being shown to a non-believer who would stop and say, okay, well, you got me on that one. What's the prophecies? A spiritual mentor of mine told me early, whenever I started debating, having public debates uh, with uh, uh, agnostics uh, in atheists, What would you start with, I asked him. How would you go about in presenting Jesus Christ and Christianity? And he said, Brad, the prophecies, the prophecies, the prophecies. Go to the prophecies. So I want to share these with you, and let's go through them. Let's go through at least a couple. We have hundreds of them. As a matter of fact, the Messianic prophecies in the Bible list over 300. Now, these are not general prophecies. These are specific prophecies to someone coming being the Messiah and Jesus meeting those qualifications in there in the difference of hundreds of years. Let me give you an idea. It is well regarded in the biblical scholarly uh, community that Psalm 22 is known as the messianic psalm, Psalm 22. And in there, there are numerous prophecies. Let me give you one, and then it's fulfillment. It says in Psalm 22... And verse 18, they parted my garments. During the time you read it, you read about the suffering in Psalm 22. Now, this is written in 1000 BC, 800 years before the idea of a crucifixion was ever thought of. And in the midst of the different things, such as dehydration is taking me in, says the psalmist David in 1000 BC. My throat is, my tongue is like a pot shirt, it's a piece of pottery. Um, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says this, which also came out in the cross. And all of these different things. There's a very, very powerful section here of what Jesus could not do anything to control this, to try to fulfill a prophecy. And that was, they parted my garments. And in there, he is saying, in the midst of all this, the enemy has taken my clothes and has parted it to take them away. Well, you see this fulfilled in John chapter 19 verses 23 and 24, where it says that those were gambling, they were actually casting lots and parting the garments uh, in front of them. John chapter 19, verses 23 and 24 fulfill Psalm 22 and 18. Then we go over to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7, and it tells us in Isaiah, and this chapter is known universally as the suffering servant chapter. Old Testament, and there are a a handful of prophecies in there, not just one. Verse 7 says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth, like a lamb that's led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shears, so he did not open his mouth. Now, you would think that somebody who is innocent, that is being taken into condemnation, would try to argue their case. But we look in Matthew 27 verses 12 through 14, Matthew chapter 27 verses 12 through 14, and while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, Jesus made no answer. Then Pilate says to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? And Jesus did not answer him with regard to even a single charge, and it says there, the governor was quite amazed. We know that when we see this, that this is something Jesus could have pleaded his innocence, and yet he did not. We also continue on in verse 9, and it says of Isaiah 53, that he was with a rich man in his death. In other words, there was in his death a rich man would be involved in this. And we know, of course, Matthew 27, verses 57 through 60, Matthew 27 Verses 57 through 60, we see in that very same chapter from uh, that talk with Pilate that Jesus was buried in the tomb of a very wealthy man by name of Joseph of Arimathea. Zechariah also brings us a very important uh, prophecy. Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. Zechariah 12 and verse 10, and it tells us there, they will look upon me whom they have, and here's the key word, pierced. They will look on me whom they have pierced. You see, at the time that this was written, there were only three types of capital punishment within the Palestinian region, hanging, stoning, and beheading. You did not have people being pierced. The Jewish community and the laws made it, uh, this is a, a blasphemous thing to take God's creation and to desecrate it through piercing. Even a destitute person who was being put to death would not be pierced. And yet this happened. Zechariah 12.10 would shock people in this prophecy. They looked at me who they have pierced. And of course, John chapter 19, verses 34 through 37, it tells us that Jesus was indeed pierced in there. Zechariah 11, verses 12 and 13 It tells us then, as we look at it, Then the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, that magnificent price that was valued by them. So I took the 30 pieces, or you can actually say this, the 30 shekels of silver, and threw them to the potter in the house of the Lord. We go back to Matthew chapter 27, verses 5 through 7. And He threw the pieces of silver into the sanctuary and departed, and he went away and hanged themselves. And the chief priest took the pieces of silver, said it's not lawful to put them into the temple treasury since it's the price of blood. They counseled together, and it was 30 pieces of silver, and the money bought with a potter's field as the burial place for strangers. The The prophecy of the 30 pieces of silver in Zechariah 11 And verse 12 and also the 30 pieces that were thrown down they were uh, also in a fulfillment thrown back to the potter this prophecy is amazing silver was one of the prophecies 30 pieces such as said in Matthew 27 verse 3 thrown down cast down in the house of the Lord and then that money was used to purchase a potter's field absolutely amazing. And there are so many other things that I want to share with you in this, but those will help you understand the unity of the scriptures. When we go through, we see so many other prophecies. And if you write these down, we will go through them as we will continue on in our studies here on our Questions About Heaven podcast. But the one who is going to see us in heaven, Jesus Christ, who says, sit down on my throne, Christian, Sit down with me, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. Reign with me, says Yahweh. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 5. Walk with me, Jesus leads us, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 17. God says, I will wipe away all tears from your eyes, Revelation 7:17 7, and also Revelation 21 and verse 4. This one amazingly, amazingly answering All that we can imagine in any challenge is to, is this the one? And these prophecies show this, to take it beyond human reasoning. Well, this is Brad here. I'm going to go and get ready for some classes that I need to teach. I appreciate the fact that you've been able to join me here in the Farmhouse Studio here in Upcountry, South Carolina. Thank you so much for all of your encouragement. If you would like to know more about the ministry we have two websites, one will be introduced within a week, but right now, if you'd like to know about our, web, uh, our our website, if you'd like to see the website in which you can learn about what we're doing in the Bible Institute, how I'm traveling, and also presenting different online classes, then go to Zulon.org, Zulon.org, that's X-U-L-O-N dot o r g x u l x u l o n dot O-R-G stands for tree, rooted and grounded uh, in the love of Christ and in Christ himself. If you will go there and take a look, and if you feel that you are able to help us financially, there is a place to donate, and also to tell you in case you wanted to write us as well in snail mail. There's the address there. Thank you so much. This is Brad Zogel. I do appreciate you so very much. Have a wonderful day as we learn more about the Lord day by day in our scriptures, and in learning about heaven, then just make sure that you join me, if you can, on TikTok, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and also noontime on YouTube Live, noontime under The Heaven Tour with Brad. Thank you so much. God bless you, and Lord willing, we will talk soon.